Hello, children of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. This is season four of this beautiful ministry where we go book by book, verse by verse, studying the true, incorruptible, infallible, everlasting, living Word of God. Now, before we get into the intro, I wanted to come on and say hello and blessings be to the ever-loving, living God. Thank you for coming back to another wonderful season. I want to encourage everyone to gather their favorite version of the Bible. Maybe some water, maybe some coffee, maybe even some tea. Get your notebook, get your pens and paper because we are going to dive into the biblical teaching reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible and then the historical teaching reading out of a Bible's handbook along with other sources that you can find off of our main social media page at minds.com Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study and then we will go into a spiritual teaching reading out of the Blue Stone Torah now these teachings are made to encourage and educate the church on the true living gospel of our father who is in heaven now a little bit of housekeeping donations are always appreciated so if the spirit so leads you by our father to donate please do the links are in the description box or what really helps out is helping pay for advertising. How can you do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. A like and a heart and a share roughly is a donation of about $35 to $55, depending on your, uh, your friends list. So please, children of God, go out there, like, heart, and share, and let's share the good news. Now, let's get into our intro, and I pray in Jesus' name we all get something out of this Bible study. Amen.
gentlemen, this is Marie Speaks God's Grace. Let's begin with our Star Spangled Banner, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer, which we will also call a benediction to our Father in Heaven. allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice to Marie Speaks God's Grace. I apologize for a little bit of um, some technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> it is just awesome how we can prepare before the show begins and then the show begins and we're like, what is going on here? Um, but you know, we're going to carry on in Jesus' mighty name. Let's begin with a praise and a raise to our Father who is in heaven. Before we get into the Bible study, we are going to be going over the book of Numbers chapter 5. And the Bible study will go much smoother <laughs> than the intro in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's beautiful name. Um, Father God... <laughs> Thank you for another wonderful day. Thank you for blessing us abundantly in all aspects of our life and covering us in the loving, saving blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you for preparing for us another wonderful, glory, glorious day. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for keeping us humble. Thank you for showing us your glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, God for showing us your signs and your wonders. Thank you that you are rising up great men and women of God, Lord. 
thank you that you have given us your word and it is eternal it is never-ending God thank you that anytime there is a disagreement we can open up your beautiful book point to the scriptures and find truth no matter what the devil is trying to um, trying to speak through or use or or trying to commit blasphemy or take your children astray or lead us off of our path thank you God that we can turn to you in your word and we have a foundation in our Christ forever and always, Lord. It is you why we have every and anything. From you we receive every good and perfect gift. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory forever and always. We pray this in the mighty name of our Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, our Christ, our Lord and Savior. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruha Kaddish, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and amen. Well, children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace. And the awesomeness continues. <laughs> that is not the song that is meant for the background. I promise you, I prepared for before we got on the mic one two one two <laughs> this is exciting all right so um yeah today we're going to be going over numbers chapter five and i titled this bible study god delivers laws for the leopards restitution a woman suspected of adultery vows and the beautiful benediction now when i was studying the bible study i didn't quite hear the beautiful benediction which which is a prayer right it's a declaration and it's we're praying on god's promises and god is leading and guiding us i didn't see it but praying in jesus name god will allow me to see it today so what you see on the screen before you is our website mariespeaksgodsgrace.live and as you go to our season four blog page you will see our latest blog or of course you can go to our minds.com page um, click under articles and as you scroll down you will see our several many different posts this is our main social media page that we use um, as you scroll down the post, you will see our latest blog, or you can go straight to the blog under articles. All right. So as you go to our website, you will see our many social media, pay, um, media <laughs> many social media links. Minds.com is the main one that we use, so just catch up on us on our social media. Depending on the social media platform, We'll post whatever God is leading and guiding us, but I do try to share um, as much as possible the same thing everywhere. Um, it's just some social media don't allow that specific format. Anyhow, um, let's get into the Bible study. Now, here at Marie Speaks God's Grace, we love to go over history the Word of God, and then a spiritual teaching from the Bluestone Torah. The Bible I use is the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible. 
for the historical part of the Bible study, we go over resources. All the links are in the blogs. Um, and we'll use handbooks, articles, videos, documentaries, and of course, leading from God's beautiful Holy Spirit. So as you scroll down the blog, you will see that we have um, the links to our Rumble page. And then I also, after we do the live Bible study, I copy and paste the link in there for anyone who would like to see it in the future. Um, so let's get into the history portion. I have several different Bible study handbooks, which I'm going to also be reading from today. But one of my favorites is Haley Bible Handbook. There are several editions and versions printed. And as we have discussed before here at Marie Speaks God's Grace, publication dates matter because as publications happen, stuff is taken out, stuff is added to, stuff is removed. Um, so I prefer hard copy uh, books rather than electronic books. I know electronic books are so much easier. I absolutely kind of agree. I shouldn't say absolutely agree. I kind of agree, but the hard copy books can't just be edited at the whim of who whatever corrupt leader is in power amen that's why they always try burning the books because they don't want us to have the truth oops in Jesus name all right so this is the screenshot and the link is in the box on the blog um, of the oh excuse me Ooh, that is some good lemon water um from the Haley Bible's handbook and this is what the Haley Bible handbook the electronic version States, mine doesn't state all of this, so I'm going to read from the one on the screen. What stands out in these chapters is the beautiful priestly blessing in chapter 6 of the book of Numbers, verses 24 through 26. And it is the same beautiful uh, priestly blessing that we discussed out of the book of Leviticus that Aaron spoke over the nation of Israel at his um, inauguration ceremony where he received his anointment in official appointing at becoming the high priest at the tabernacle at that time. The Hebrew word shalom does not mean quite the same as our word peace. It is merely absence of war or conflict although it includes that or peaceful feeling rather it means a wholeness a well-being and a harmony. So, um, the other Bible handbooks, let me show you, let me read to you what I have in, I just want to show the difference. In my version of Haley's handbook, it just says chapters five and six of Numbers, a group of laws about lepers, restitution, women suspected of adultery, vows, and a beautiful benediction. So, not only does publication dates matter because those are the same kinds of books by the by um the under the same category categories they're both Haley Bibles handbooks now I'm going to read you out of Richard's complete Bibles handbook and this is what he says for Numbers chapter 5 the events in these chapters are not in chronological sequence they report what led up to the first anniversary celebration of 
the Passover, celebrated at Sinai two weeks before the census, but reported order of events is significant. It demonstrates the purity of the camp of Israel joins and its culminating time of worship on the plains before Mount Sinai. The camp purified. Chapter 5 verses 1 through 31. The rules of ritual cleansliness given in Leviticus is are observed. All who are unclean are sent outside the boundaries of the camp in verses 1 through 4 of Numbers chapter 5. The chapter also deals with a question raised by earlier moral legislation. How can a person who commits a secret sin be found out and the purity of a community protected? The chapter outlines a procedure which used a person is suspected of adultery. The person who lies under oath will be judged by God in an evident way. The person who is innocent will be just as clearly absolved. Amen. Now that was the Richard's complete uh, Bible handbook. But now I'm going to read a little bit out of Ed Erad's Ed Eradman's. Let me let me ascribe that. E R R E E R D M A N S. Eradman's. Um, what he says for this chapter and his handbooks is chapter five is a very various laws and a jealousy ordeal verses 1 through 11 through 31 describe a trial by ordeal of suspected infidelity trials of this kind were not uncommon in ancient times and they are also well known from africa and india this is one mild but some standards and also less heavily weighted than many towards a verdict of guilty it is not clear whether the water contains some herb which would induce miscarriage if the woman were guilty of and pregnant or whether it was worked simply by psychological suggestion amen so this is the reason why I love to have several different Bible handbooks I love hearing other people's interpretation of what they pick up from the Bible verses and what they get but I love where we can pray on it and we can see a lot of different views um, I think sometimes us as Christians, we get told there is only one truth. And there is only one truth in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, right? Um, but multiple things can be true at one time. All those different Bible study handbooks all spoke a truth about the book of Numbers chapter 5 what those individuals pulled out from the Bible verses which got the Spirit of God most likely led them to to focus on so I want to state that because sometimes us as Christians we can tend to get tunnel vision and that's a good and a bad thing um, I've noticed lately 
Um, specifically, I guess maybe because I'm in a new area, I don't know. But I have noticed that some individuals, their truth are related to, well, they're not really based on the word of God. And these are Christians. It's based on fears, stereotypes, and I'm just going to say it, ignorance. Just plain outright ignorance. Willful ignorance because they could look up the information and find it out. Now, I know we are all not perfect. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Sometimes we have um, conflicts and discernment because we're afraid of offending someone, but we don't... You know what I mean? It happens. But... Um, When we are stubborn to the point where we can't accept that there are multiple truths, I don't believe that works in the benefit of our relationship with God. I'll just leave it at that. Because there are several individuals who we just have to pray for them. Like I don't I don't understand how sometimes Christians just can't have a conversation. That's what I don't get. Anyhow, uh, let's continue with the Bible study, the historical part. Here at Marie Speaks God's Grace, we love definitions. And it's important to look up, not just in uh, dictionaries, but specifically, what does it mean in the Hebrew text, a word? Or what can the word mean in the Persian text or the Latin text or... Um, in Greek, it's important to look these words up so that we can understand what it meant biblical, biblically in those times and be able to apply these verses to our life now rather than applying our life now to God's everlasting word. Does that make sense? Some individuals, I think this goes back to the narrow-mindedness of some Christians. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I think some Christians try to apply a changing world to a word that never changes, which is our God. Amen? And uh, we can't do that. We need to look at what God originally intended for man and for woman and for our lives serving Him. Amen and amen. God reviews laws regarding... <coughs> Excuse me. Oh. God reviews laws regarding leopards, restitution, women suspected of adultery, husbands' jealousy, and vows. A beautiful benediction or a priestly blessing is in the next chapter. Richard's complete Bible study handbook, which we read from, is another great version of what we can receive from, or interpretation of what we can receive from this chapter. So is Erman's handbook to the Bible and what it states in there. The Hebrew definition of making restitution, this is out of the um, lexicon Strong's Concordance and the link is in the subscription box. Shalom. Shalom, pronounce a primitive root word. A Hebrew study word. To be in a covenant of peace, be at peace, peaceful one particular prince particular one in covenant of peace to make peace with individuals to cause peace to live in peace 
complete peace and and be finished be content it is ended everything is resolved there's no need to longer quarrel um once someone apologizes and they have made a restitution there's no need to have resentment and try to get someone back for something that's what i get from this the hebrew definition of making restitution a peaceful restoration what was lost what was stolen what was cheated from another person they will be made whole when restitution is made they can put their mind at rest and peace but not only their mind their body spirit and soul but also an estate an estate of peace that lasts for future generations and benefits the next generation from the peace created right here as the restoration and restitution event there are some bloodlines like we see today in the middle east right there ain't no peace in the middle east and that that place doesn't have a religion of peace they need jesus amen there are wars going around the world today because someone didn't make restitution there are wars going around the world today because when someone made restitution another individual refused to let go of the hatred feelings the animosity they refused to let go of anger they wanted to hold on to this and this is why the bible says bitterness rots the bones and the you know bitterness not only rots the bones but let's put that a little bit into um having frail bones you know a lot of individuals and i and i believe this is a spiritual and an ancestry curse to have bitterness within someone's heart and in someone's bones like the bible says because that passes on ancestral hate ancestral bitterness where there are some individuals they are just so unforgiving and it's to the point where it doesn't benefit them or their family and they kind of turn into this really hateful person that no one wants to be around and they don't want to be around people because people reject them but people are rejecting them because they're so bitter and hateful well that comes from the spirit of of not being able to let it go when restitution has been made sometimes all someone is due is a simple i apologize sometimes like the word of god says someone is due um, a payment or return of some lost or stolen items etc but once those items are returned or once that apology is made we need to let it go and have peace and give any feelings on to god because we are not doing our part um in the restoration process someone gives the restoration and the others need to receive it there is peace being given and there is peace being received in jesus name it is a back and forth promise it's a back and forth process and it's a back and forth covenant so to speak amen this leads to having those who don't accept their restitution or the peace when restitution is made um, in one's spirit, mind, and soul, 
When a man fails to make shalom, restitution, bitterness and hatred root in the bones, and the roots create destruction. This leads to many sins on both parts. This is also a violation of God's second greatest command. In Mark chapter 12 verse 31, which we are going to go over next. But I want to read a little bit further on about why restitution and shalom are what God commands us to give and receive. So the primitive root word in this is to be safe, safe in mind, body, or estate, making restitution if someone had stolen something or something was lost or someone accidentally broke something. Restitution still needs to be made. Amen? Excuse me. Uh, the word of God for making restitution also means once restitution is made, it is completed, it is done, it is finished, it has, the payment has been paid in full. So this is the best, um, best example I can give, right? Our Jesus, our beautiful, wonderful Savior. God sent the word made flesh, our Yeshua HaMashiach. Christ our Lord, the Savior of the world, the, the light of the world, amen, sent our beautiful Savior to die on the cross for our sins, and then rose him up on the third day, and now he's sitting at the right hand of our Father who is in heaven, interceding on our behalf. Now imagine if God, who sent the restitution to give us, hallelujah, I feel that so strongly, the possibility at having peace, shalom. Amen. Being restored completely. Imagine if God said, you know what? I'm still not happy with you all. It's still not enough. Could you? But this is what we do to each other. Once restitution has been made, we need to let it go. Amen. Sometimes you're never even going to get an apology. Give it to God. Go to God and complain. I complain to God when someone's hurt my feelings all the time. You know, it saves me from popping off on, on the internet. I tell God, I don't like what they did, Lord. That wasn't nice at all. In fact, I did that today. <laughs> but um, we need to let it go. Because if we stay focused on it, it's going to be bitterness that rots the bones. And our God forgave us. So we need to forgive others. Amen in Jesus' name. When we refuse to make restitution to others that God that God sent to make restitution, like our, with our Jesus, right? God God accepts us now, and we're gonna be able to have, you know, an eternal life with him after our Jesus comes back. But when we don't make restitution for those who are stubborn and don't want to apologize, that those of us who stole something or broke someone's item and you refuse to pay it back or or pay them for breaking it, whatever the case may be, we are violating one of God's greatest commandments. And here we go. In Mark chapter 12, this is out of Geneva 1560 uh, edition. The link is in the blog. Mark chapter 12, verse 31. But let me read the whole context so we understand. Then came one of the scribes that had heard them disputing together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, 
He asked him which is the first commandment of all. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear Israel, the Lord your God is the only Lord. Thou shalt therefore love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. That is the first commandment. Do y'all see why I love this version of the Bible? It reads something completely different <laughs> in other versions of the Bible. But let me continue reading before I point this out. The second is like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, that there is one God, and that there is none but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and, with, and to love thy neighbor as thyself, himself, is more than a whole burnt offering in sacrifices. Hallelujah. Let me read that one more time. And to love him, meaning God Almighty, with all our heart, because he is the only true living God, with all our understanding, with all our soul, with all our strength, and to love thy neighbor as himself, and with a, is worth more than a whole burnt offering. See, in the book of Leviticus and the book of Exodus, and now we're getting into the book of Numbers, we have read about the work that these Kohanims, the priests of the tabernacle, and the high priests, and the prophets, and the Levites, all the work that they had to do to prepare a proper offering to our fathers in heaven. And all that hardship, because it is hard work, even though it's great, wonderful work serving our father, it is hard work to serve him. Let's be honest. All of this could be resolved if we would just love thy neighbor as we love thyself. But in my opinion, the issue now is a lot of individuals don't love themselves according to the word of God. Therefore, they don't have it within them to love thy neighbor as they love themselves. Because all they know is being perverted, perverse love, hateful, sarcastic, opportunistic, sneaky, cunning, you know, de uh, degrading, whatever, abusive. But someone who truly loves themselves based on the word of God, they would never intentionally try to hurt someone else. Accidents happen. You could accidentally bump into someone and, you know, they fall. Okay, you say sorry, you pick them up. You have restored them and then you are making them whole. Correct? Correct. So the point is to keep going and keep fighting for the word of God and to be with him. That is the point. Because if we are with him with our whole mind, our whole body, and our whole soul, and our whole understanding, even though we fall back, we can always get back up and make restitution. Amen? Amen. So the rest of the chapter verses are in there and I really, really love them. But I wanna scroll down to this part right here uh, okay 
Jesus answered and said the teaching in the temple, how said the scribes of Christ is the son of David. For David himself said by ye Holy Ghost that the Lord that the Lord sit in my right hand and make thy enemies thy footstool. Then David himself called him Lord. But what means then he by what means this he his son, much people heard him gladly. Moreover, he said unto them in his doctrine before the scribes, which loved to go in long robes and long salutations in the markets, and the chief sits in the synagogues and the first roams in the feasts, which devour widows and horses, um, houses, and vendor in a in a color of long prayers and they shall receive the greatest damnation and i love this verse because it talks about how jesus himself said you know there are a lot of individuals who go out there just parading themselves and making it seem like they love the lord and that they love god but they are going to receive the greatest damnation because they aren't living truly according to the word of our father they aren't doing what God had called them to do, which is to love him and their neighbor as they love himself and to love and honor our father. Because if we love and honor our father, we are going to keep the commandments of our God. We won't mistreat each other or abuse each other or anything like that. When we fail to um, do right by God, we're actually doing wrong to ourselves and others it's, it's very very sad but i don't know somehow we continue to repeat the cycles from generation to generation i wish we just could get right with god and stay right with god amen amen mm. oh, that's so good thank you father but let's continue now we're gonna go into um, yes, now we are going to go into the biblical teaching of the Bible study, and we are going to be reading the Bible verses out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for another wonderful day. Thank you for blessing us abundantly in all aspects of our life. Thank you for your shelter. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for restoring us and making all things possible through our Christ, Lord. We just give you all the honor, praise, and glory forever and ever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Geneva 1560 edition, Numbers chapter 5. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the host every leopard, and every one that has an issue, and whoever has been defiled by the dead. Now, my first leading to was why is the word used host now i've always read that they say put out the camp now if we go back to a couple of different spiritual teachings from 
a while ago, right? We read how the tabernacle is of the tabernacle is a physical building of the spiritual building that is us, the house of God. We also read how the tabernacle could represent our home. But the tabernacle is also an actual place that is in heaven. And when our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, returns, there will be another tabernacle and we will praise our God, right? This is what many of us believe. So I want to keep all these possible truths um, in mind. Uh, always go confirm with our Father who is in heaven what is the message for each individual. Amen? Amen. What do the verses of the Bible change? Why do the verses of the Bible change God to put out the lepers outside the camp when the Geneva says outside the host? So I want to read what other versions of the Bible say. So the King James Version says this. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leopard and every one that has an issue, and whatsoever is defiled by the and whosoever is defiled by the dead. The modern language Bible reads Furthermore, the Lord told Moses, Order the people of Israel to remove from the camp every leopard and everyone who has an emission or is defiled by touching a corpse. Next, uh, the where is this? The Living Bible version states, "They these are further instructions from the Lord to Moses. Inform the people of Israel that they must expel all lepers from the camp, and all who have open sores or who have been defiled by touching a dead person." The Revised Standard Version of the Bible reads, The Lord used, the Lord said to Moses, Command the people of Israel that they put out of the camp every leopard and everyone having discharge and everyone that is unclean through contact with the dead. Now, those are five versions of the Bible that we have read from this verse, correct? But I personally love the Geneva Version of the Bible because I feel it is more complete. One day, we are going to read from the Wyclef version of the Bible, which was made in the 1300s. It's the first Bible that was ever translated into English. And that says even something more different. But it's closer to the Geneva Bible, closer to the Torah, than it is closer to any other Bible. So, um, I don't know. Go, go to God and confirm what book you're supposed to read from, but I prefer the Geneva Bible. But going with me believing that the host is putting out, if we read it with the host, right? God says to Moses, tell the children of Israel that they put out of the host every leopard. So I believe God is saying, put out of our temple every leopard, right? So every leopard, leprosy was believed to be a disease of those who were gossipers, slanderers. Um, it was an external showing of an internal spiritual sinful living nature of an individual. And these individuals cannot be 
uh, this sinful nature cannot exist. Evil spirits cannot exist in the presence of God. They vanish. They die. Right? So, for God is holy. Amen, Father. So, God is saying, remove all of these from the camp so I can dwell among you. So, let's look into this from the Hebrew dictionary. Alright, so, host. Makan or camp. Makan, right? Michikan. Mik. <laughs> camp, a place of encampment, a camp armed host, army camp for those who in camp company of the body of the people. Um, encampment of travelers, troops, uh, soldiers, dancers, angels. See, this is where I see it more spiritual when it says, or figuratively, which could be spiritually, right? Of dancers praying and dancing and celebrating, praising God in the spirit. Um, angels, cattle, locusts, stars, or even a sacred quartz. So I believe when God's saying put out of the spirit, it's put out of our, our spirit. Any slander, any lies and deceit. Do I believe God also meant literally put out those lepers right there? Yes, absolutely 100%. I believe it because God, when he had them set up the camps of where the tribes were going to be, we have to remember there were three locations within a camp. One where they lived and they dwelled, surrounded, uh, they surrounded the tabernacle. And then another part of the camp where the fields and everything were. And then another part of the camp were all the animals graves from all the tribes. And then there was the third part of the camp where all the exiles were supposed to go. Remember this? The ones that accidentally killed someone. The ones who were just um, so sinful they couldn't live among the nation of Israel because it is a privilege to live among God and his people. Um, all the castaways, the, the prodigal sons and daughters that were just doing the most against God. Amen. All right. So those are where they went or where these group of lepers were not going to be going. I believe the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible notes definition of hosts removed from the location, place, territories where the spirit of God dwelled. But this was a three part removal. Removal from the host, I believe, meant removal physically and spiritual from the presence of God and the spiritual community of Israel. This could also be called cutting soul ties or cutting soul knitting. So what is soul knitting, someone might ask. Um, we're going to go into this a little bit, but we did do a whole Bible series on um, soul knitting, canceling, ancestral curses. That's also known as soul ties and soul knitting. Um, basically, when we have allowed another spirit besides the spirit of God to attach to us. Now, this can be done through several different ways. It could be done through contact, through song, through music, through watching movies or TV shows. That's why God has called us to guard our temple, hello, our earthly body, because um, this is where our spiritual body is enhanced in, right? Until we all become just spirit. 
so and I'm not talking new age I'm talking you know the Word of God the Bible um, so we did a whole series on these but here are some Bible verses to back that up because that is a whole nother class in itself and it is a beautiful lengthy class that could go on for quite a long time mm. Ooh, drinking some tea hold on um, the links below are the links to the live Bible studies that you can play on YouTube um, to review the importance of counseling soul ties or ancestral sins or bloodline courage. I encourage others to watch these classes to help remove through the word of God and Jesus Christ Almighty the curses that we so we may have peace, joy, love, and blessings in return um, be blessings for the next generations. Amen and amen. And I will have to fix that link in the blog later. Let me see if it's fixed in this one. Let me see. I'll fix that later though. All right. So... Let me read from the notes then. Why does the Geneva Bible state put them out the leopard of every host? Removing a person's body, earthly body, from a spirit curse, a sickness, illness, or disease. I believe this also was to cancel the ancestral curses or soul ties or ancestral sins. We complete a whole we completed a whole series on this in the deuteronomy 28 class about canceling canceling ancestral sins and ancestral curses um in jesus name and you can find that on our minds.com uh website you can find that there on our minds i'm sorry our youtube channel uh the playlist Deuteronomy 28 has our whole list of classes that we did on that series. It is absolutely great. We went over it a couple years ago, but um, it was really a good class. So I encourage others to go check that out. But we're going to keep on going because I believe the internet is going out. If it goes out, I will upload it and it'll be on our Rumble and our YouTube and then on Spotify. Um, as soon as the internet comes back in, I will upload it again. All right, let's continue reading. Numbers chapter 5, verse 3. But both male and female, she shall ye put out of the host, shall put ye, <laughs> shall ye put them, and they, that they defile not their tents, among whom I dwell. And the children of Israel so did, and put them out of the host, even as the Lord ha had commanded Moses, so did the children of Israel. Now, I love this verse because it shows that God is not a respecter of man or human being, that it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, man or woman, um, we're all going to be held accountable to God. And I believe this is important because the world tries to make allowances for sin like oh it's because they're older or because they're younger or because they don't know any better or because they're a man or because they're a woman no everyone regardless of your gender or your skin color whatever sin we have committed we will be held accountable for whatever uncleanliness um 
in keeping in line with the lepers that we would choose to live in which i pray we don't we will be held accountable for in jesus name this is why i believe god is saying it doesn't matter who it is or what they do put them out it doesn't matter your relationship to them it doesn't matter their relationship to you put them out of the camp put god first amen so here i found a nice um screenshot not screenshot but a nice um little explanation of what i have heard before about our body being the true tabernacle of god since we are made in his um image and this is the tabernacle of man and um what we represent in our holies of holies and our holy place um so if others would like to check it out there is the youtube link right there i did not watch it i only saw this which i've heard before and it lined up with what i've been told so i put the link in here um, for others who would like to check it out in jesus name all right and the lord spoke unto moses saying speak to the children of israel when a man or a woman shall commit a sin that the man commit a transgression against the lord when that person shall trespass now other versions of the bible make it seem it's always the woman's fault or more shame or something was on a woman but that isn't the case like i said before god holds women and men both accountable for each and every sin that we commit amen amen then she they then they shall confess their sin which they have done and shall restore the damage thereof with this principle and put a fifth part of what thereto shall give unto them against whom he has trespassed so god is commanding that each and every one of us men or women make restitution for any transgression or offense we have done to someone especially if it has caused them to be at a loss due to our own uh, willful act of some kind but if the man have no kinsman to whom he should restore the damage and the damage shall be restored to the lord of the for the priest besides the ram of atonement whereby he shall make atonement for him and every offspring of the holy things of the children of israel which they bring unto the priest shall be his every man's hollow thing shall be his that is whatever whatsoever any man giveth the priest shall be his so this is when let's say someone passed away and we can't make atonement to that person because they're no longer on earth and us as christians we don't do that necromancy stuff in jesus name you don't be communing with the dead okay we commune to god so we would take let's say someone stole a ring and they stole a ring from a grandparent and uh it's a beautiful stone kind of ruby of a ring and well that grandparent passes away and there's no other kin of that grandparent to restore and give that ring to it would be our job to go take this ring to the tabernacle or the priest to make this restitution to god and the priest uh could keep the item could sell the item could use that item to build in the tabernacle could 
break it apart, melt it down, use it for something in their tabernacle, or sell it for goods to help feed the poor. Who knows whatever God tells the priest to do. The point is that we make the restitution to the living, not the dead. In Jesus' name. I know there's a lot of cultures that talk about doing all this stuff for your dead ancestors. That is against God. Amen. We need to stay right with our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 51 reads, To him that exceedeth a psalm of David when the prophet Nathaniel came unto him after he had gone to Bathsheba, have mercy upon me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multiple of thy compassions, put away my iniquities. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know, for I know my iniquities and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, against thee alone have I sinned and done evil in thy sight, and thou mayest be just when thou speakest and poor when pure when thou judgest so king david himself right he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and their firstborn child died now king david is going to god and saying god it's you i sinned against yes i committed adultery yes i signed the paperwork to have Bathsheba's husband sent to the front lines and ultimately led to his death now my son has died because I had to make restitution for my sins. Um, but it's you had sin against. Because if King David had stayed right with God from the very beginning, having been looking at someone with lust, would have been staying true and loving Lord our God with his whole heart, his whole mind, his whole soul, and his whole understanding, he would have never done a willful act to transgress against God would lead to multiple negative outcomes. And this is why it's important for us as God's children, when we sin, to repent and make atonement to God. Repent, make atonement to others in God's, uh, in God's name, those made in God's image. It's very important for us to do, because if not, then ancestral sins come. So, um, I put the whole Psalms 51 there because I think it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so if anyone would like to read them, there they are for them in Jesus name. All right, let's continue with numbers, uh, chapter five, verse 11. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, speak unto the, the children of Israel saying unto them, if any man's wife turn to evil, cause God considers adultery evil and commit a transgression against him. Now turns to evil could mean adultery, but it also means if she turns to witchcraft, if she turns to being a glutton, if she turns to embarrassing him in public, being an angry, vile shrew, this is what all that means, evil. Anything that God deems evil, this is all in that word, turns to evil. Now, many focus just on adultery, and that's what's being spoken about here, but when someone's spouse turns to evil, it is a transgression a trespass against the marriage covenant and against God on both parts. Amen? Whew. So that the other man lie with her fleshly, because now they're going into a specific sin, right? And be hid from the eyes of her and her husband to 
and kept clothes, and yet she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she taken with the manner, meaning she hasn't become pregnant from this sin, um, but she hasn't gotten her menstrual cycle, but there's no one to witness um, that they that she had sexual relations outside of uh, the covenant of marriage, but her husband feels a jealousy from this. Um, so this is the description of that Bible verse. If he be moved with a jealous mind, so that he be jealous over his wife, which is defiled. If he has a jealous mind, so that he is jealous over his wife, which is not defiled. So two things. He has a jealous mind and she is defiled, or he has a jealous mind and she is not defiled, meaning she would be innocent. Then shall the man bring his wife to the priest and bring her offering with her, a tenth part of an ephod, a barley meal, but he shall not pour oil, meaning the beautiful olive oil, right, unto it, nor put the incense, which is frankincense, in thereof. For it is an offering of jealousy, which is a hateful spirit, right? An offering of remembrance, calling the sin to mind. So when we are making offerings because we were feeling angry or some kind of word, it isn't going to be as decorative um, as an offering if we were giving God like a praise and raise offering. That's basically what this is saying. And the priest shall bring her and set her before the Lord. Before who? The Lord. Then the priest shall take the holy water, the holy water, in the earth vessel, and of the dust that is there on the floor of the tabernacle, even the priest shall take it and put it in the water. Now this dust that was on the floor of the tabernacle, it was, it wasn't just earth dust. I don't want, I want to make this clear. It was also dust that contained previous years or months at this point, right? A couple of years, at least two, um, of offering dust. So it's mixed with dust from sin offerings, dust from offerings of the biblical feast, of joyous celebrations, everything that joyful moments or hurtful moments that happened in a society or community that is in the dust of this earth that is now being put into the vessel and why is this important it isn't about thank you father it isn't about um germs okay don't think oh my gosh she's gonna make it drink dust oh the germs no 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 it's about how one sinful act can ruin a community the community's service to god is in that soil and here this woman could have possibly thrown that all away for adultery you see what i'm saying or the man being uh, not a kind husband, a very jealous and possibly controlling husband, maybe abusive, let's be honest, um, to a just wife who is just keeping her house right, you know? Um, now he's upset with her and that ruins a community. Evil ruins a community. Violence ruins the soil. Amen. So I believe this is why 
it is being uh, the soil of the dust of the earth is being used and also from dust we are created and from dust will return right Lord <laughs> in Jesus name praise God <laughs> circle complete <laughs> I love our father let's continue then the priest shall take the holy water in the earth vessel of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle even the priest shall take it and put it in the water after the priest shall set the woman before the lord and uncover the woman's head Woo! to cover an unwoman's uh, married woman's head in public <gasps> the shame the shame oh no 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 you do not do this she is being shamed in public imagine the humiliation she is going through if she's innocent if if it's just you know it's it's a justful shame um because sometimes when you know you sin against god you are shamed in public i know the world wants to say you're not supposed to shame people but that isn't what the bible says <laughs> And put the offering of the memorial in her hands. It is a the jealousy offering. And the priest shall have bitter and coarse water in his hands. Now, the bitter and coarse water happens supernaturally from the dust of the earth, of the tabernacle, from the court being placed into the earthly vessel containing the holy water. Amen. So... This is a whole supernatural courts of justice, so to speak. The priest shall charge her by an oath, meaning he's putting her under oath at this time, right? You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Did you do this, yes or no, right? All right. And say unto the woman, if no man has lain with thee neither thou hast turned to uncleanliness from thy husband be free from this bitter water and curse but if thou hast turned from thy husband and so art defiled and some man has lying with thee beside thy husband then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of cursing and the priest shall say unto the woman the lord make thee to be accursed and detestable from the from the other among thy people and the lord curse thee thigh to root meaning to your your thigh to your root meaning your uh, reproductive organs and thy belly to swell now meaning if you did commit adultery woman and you are lying about it it will be found out you will have a miscarriage uh and you your belly will swell and i believe what did you show me lord it's called dissertation basically they have an issue of blood after this or they have like a vile ugh, that's so gross um foul <laughs> discharge after this because they have done disgusting things um not only to god but to their husband amen all right and this and that this cursed water may go into thy bowels to cause thy belly to swell and and thy thigh to rot then the woman shall answer amen and amen now amen means 
agreements, yes, but so be it in the name of the Lord because you're making a vow with this. That's why it's important, y'all. We we need to be careful what we make these vows to. <laughs> right? Ooh, the tents where I dwell. Jesus, Jesus. In verse 3, when God said, the tents where I dwell, many believe our body is a tabernacle. If so, we read this verse with God in mind. God might be commanding us to remove, cast out all evil spirits, including jealousy, including adultery, including leprosy, including anything that is not of God. Why? So God may dwell in us, among us, and we will be free of any internal conflict that would lead to any transgressions of serving two masters. Oh, yes. In verses 5 through 10, we read about the state of our person and whom we have wronged is, is passed on to their relatives. This curses of bitterness, right? We need to make restitutions. And not knowing if we can make restitution or where we can locate them, we have to make atonement to God and his priests. Why God's priests? I don't know. But right now I do know this. We have to apologize to God. I believe it's because against God alone have we sinned like King David said in Psalms 51. Because when we sin and transgress against God's law, this hurts God. And when God hurts, he feels it 10 million times more than we could ever feel it on earth because he is in the spiritual realm. Because God is spirit. And if we worship him and praise him, we must do it in truth and in spirit. God has felt every emotion leading up to a willful, sinful act. God heard every thought that led up to an evil hurtful spoken word being spoken god witnessed ooh a sinful act taking place and in the spiritual realm every word every thought every happy emotion every negative emotion is felt by god 10 times more not only does god feel the sin from the offender who is committing that sin but God feels the hurt from receiving that sinful act by the victim, the survivor of that sin. Not only is this a vile act on our part and, those, and against those made in God's image, but it rots the soil, the soil that gets placed in this vessel that the woman is going to now drink. Mmm, bitter water. Bitter water may have caused a miscarriage from adultery, but the true vile act that made that water bitter was sin. After the priest shall write these curses in a book, and it shall, it shall blot them out with the bitter water. So God is going to write the curses on the book by the order of Yahweh, these are the curses, right? But the but Yahweh's uh, name, the infallible name of God that has been lost over centuries would have been written on this. So this is why the scroll is dipped in the water and blotted out. It supernaturally uh, dissolves, thank you, Father, in the water that the woman is now going to drink. 
and caused the woman to drink the bitter water and curse the water and the cursed water turned into bitterness shall enter into her then the priest shall take the jealousy offering out of the woman's hands and shake the offering before the lord and offer it unto ye off altar now remember um at the tabernacle this would be considered um there's the meal offering right well the articles thank you father that can be offered right goats doves meal but also drinks right so this is part of the the sin offering and it's a trial of the courts and this is also a drink offering right here this part is the drink offering because she drank it correct all right offering of the woman's hands and shake it before the lord um and offer it on the altar and the priest shall take a handful of the offering of the memorial right this is the meal that there's no oil in or no frankincense and burn it upon the alt altar and afterward make the woman drink the water then ye shall have made her drink the water if she be defiled and have trespassed against her husband then shall the cursed water turn into bitterness enter into her and her belly shall swell and her thigh shall rot and the woman shall be accursed among her people she will have a miscarriage she will have issues of blood and everything after this if the woman be not defiled but be clean meaning she is innocent of any adultery any wrongdoing transgressing against her husband she shall be free and shall conceive and bear so this is why i believe right here from this verse that the water could either cause a miscarriage or cause issues of blood or um not being able to conceive infertility and so on because verse 8 says well if she's innocent she'll be able to conceive and she'll be free um i believe that um i'm gonna say this with softness that a lot of infertility issues are because possibly somewhere in someone's ancestral back um bloodline there was some infidelity that went on now if that is the case we can make atonement cancel out these curses from our bloodline ancestors in jesus name how do you do that i'm glad you asked go watch our deuteronomy 28 class uh, i believe it's a four or five part series class i know but it's worth it to cancel all these curses out of someone's bloodline and receive deliverance in jesus name amen amen it's all bible based but if a woman not be defiled but clean she shall be free and shall conceive and bear this is the law of jealousy when a wife turned from her husband and is defiled and when a man is moved or excuse me when a man is moved with jealousy mind being jealous over his wife then he shall bring the woman before the lord and the priest shall do to her according all to all this law then the man shall be free from sin but the woman shall bear her iniquity meaning whatever she did sinful act she did to lead herself um her husband to being jealous she would bear that iniquity possibly too even if she didn't commit adultery physically but committed it 
spiritually or emotionally. Does that make sense? Most people think adultery is just uh, physical. Um, but I believe the word of God says adultery can be spiritual and emotional. Because remember, Jesus Christ said, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. You see what I mean? So I believe God wants us to not do these things. Because even if we're found free of physically not committing adultery, spiritual adultery is a sin. Amen? All right. Drinking of the bitter waters for adultery is what Israel was forced to do after the golden calf idol, which was discussed in Exodus chapter 32 in our live Bible study. This included rituals, this whole burning calf, I mean golden calf scenario. Remember they were dancing and singing and celebrating? That disgusting vile act included sexual perversion with multiple partners and multiple acts perverse sexual acts are a normal demonic ritual which we're rebuking Yeshua's great name act associated with idol worship it doesn't matter what religion it is demonic religion and demonic ritual it is it always it always involves perverseness it's perverse perverting God's word, it's perverting sexual act, it's perverting food and drinks, it's perverting anything. Because all the devil knows is how to pervert stuff, which that's why we rebuke him in Yeshua's great name. He is a liar and he was a liar from the very beginning. He doesn't he doesn't know anything of what is true, good and pure love that only our Father in heaven could bring. Amen. I believe this is why Moses has the nation of Israel to drink the water of the melted down golden calf to avoid several bastards born from this perverse calf worship ritual where all these individuals were doing some husband and wife swapping. I believe this is why they had to drink the water of the golden calf melted down. I believe it from this chapter in the book of Numbers, chapter 5. Um, but you can always go to God and confirm in Jesus' name. I believe it. And I believe that's another reason why the nation of Israel, and thank you, Father, didn't grow and prosper during this 40 years in the desert. I believe it was just sin upon multiple sins, but it began from what? bitterness mumbling and grumbling in the desert and then they're in the deserts of Moriah with the the bitter waters at that time as well it's it's very sad about someone not being content and being hateful what they can bring to a land it's very very sad that's why we need to stay right with God uh, in Exodus we read and this is out of the Geneva 5060 uh, Bible after he, meaning Moses, took the calf, which they had made, meaning the nation of Israel that transgressed against God, he burned it in the fire and grounded it into powder and strolled it into the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And I believe this is in line uh, with Numbers chapter 5. And they were found guilty <laughs> because they were 
harlots running around to other idols and committing vast amount of adultery. All right, children of God, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. I apologize for all the uh, software errors, but the devil tries to come us, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great name. God is with us always and forever. Amen and amen. Please the blood of Jesus Christ over this Bible study, over me, over you, over the sound of anyone within the sound of our voice, over over uh, these electronics, Lord. You control everything. We just plead the blood of Jesus Christ right here and now. Amen and amen. Jesus Christ the Lord is a beautiful name. So now we're going to go into the Torah part of the Bible study. And then to avoid redundancy, I'm going to read from my notes and go into uh, the verses. What I felt our Father in Heaven led us to. So about 10, 15 more minutes and we'll be done with our prayer. The process of purification of the camp or a person, spirit, soul, mind, body can be achieved if followed by God's word. To make our spiritual self in line with God's spirit and our eternal self in line with our spiritual self. There is a reason why the new age and witchcraft and yoga and all these other perverse lifestyles willfully choose to pervert the word of God. They push and parade and they're trying to inject all these products and forcibly put all this disgustingness in our children's face. They're trying to forcibly shame parents into thinking if you're right with God, you're evil. They're trying to shame parents into thinking if we shield and keep our children away from evil, we're somehow depriving them of some knowledge when it's just perverseness. With God, there is no evil for he is good. God commands us, his children, to shield our children, to, pro to protect our children, and to protect ourselves as their parents. We should be protecting ourselves from watching porn, any perverse acts, watching these perverted romantic size shows like Million Dollar Fiance this and Bachelor Bachelorette that and Dancing with the Stars this and all these disgusting dramas that are on TV are really there to plant seeds of deception in the minds and eyes and ears of God's children, even music. It's very sad. Almost anything pushed on God's people is an attack at God's children's temple meaning their body they want to get the most valuable part of us which is our holies of holies where god's spirit rests within us no we are not gods we are not but we are god's children and if we abide in him he abides in us and this is what the devil's trying to get us to betray mm. the enemy knows to attack schools music clothes perverted rainbows 
They want to wear down our standards, our flags. They want to rise up abominations. And God's children will be unclean if we allow this defilement to continue and we actively engage or allow it or come into agreement with it. We must stand, yet our yeas be yeas and our noes be no. So I encourage others, please, when we need and read and follow God's laws, not to forget them, not to transgress. And we aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Sometimes I realized this recently. We could stay right with God on the big things, right? Oh, no, we will not do that in Jesus' name. I'm a child of the living God. But then somehow a little thing creeps in. Oh, my gosh. This happened to me the other day, and I felt so guilty. I was like, Father, I know better. I know you were speaking to me. How did I let this happen? I felt so guilty. And others might think that's just a small thing. But in reality, it's a big thing. (sighs) We need to say true to God on everything. Amen? Amen. When we stay in line with God, we are in line with His Spirit. And His Spirit is in line with us. And our physical body will reflect our spiritual body being in line with God's spirit. So I encourage others when we read God's laws, don't forget what we read. Forget the world. The world will pervert what is love. The world will pervert anything. The world perverts what is good because the world does not know God. As God knew the earth he created, We are required by God to be the salt of the earth, not the world. As written in Genesis 1.1, God created the heavens and the earth. It is the world who hates Jesus. This is a whole nother teaching in itself, but remember this. We are the salt of the earth. Amen? The purification of the camps and hosts or spirits was necessarily for God to dwell among the nation of Israel. Physical abnormalities or blemishes were a direct result of a spiritual ritual contamination and therefore anyone who was blemished like a leopard um, or spiritually ritually unclean because they were living some kind of a sinful wicked lifestyle they were cast out of the camp and they went willingly because they wanted better for the nation of israel than what would happen if they were to stay there it's very honorable when you think about it that way in verse four two groups of people are being spoken about the ritually clean the nation of israel and the ritually unclean which were removed which removed themselves from the camp willingly. Verse 7. Sins, apologies, and atonements, swearing false witnesses, is considered blasphemy. Almost like God let the thief steal. So, 
in verse 7, if we were to say there's a thousand dollars on the ground, we know it's not our thousand dollars. God said, not finders, not keepers. No, no, no. You return it to its rightful owner. Um, God says, but someone who is perverted, right, would say, oh, God led me to find this. God, well, they're a spouse and they're having troubles. God, God is giving me my love. No, 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 no. If it is wrong, it is wrong on all parts. In Jesus' name. To say God let something corrupt happen to bless us as God's children is taking God's name in vain. Verse 8. Refers to the thief of the prilosect. And a new con or a new converse to Jerusalem, who deals in and out with the Jewish children or the tribe and has no tribal ties. So in verse eight, God was telling telling us, look, if there are those who is a prilocyte, right? They're a new convert. They don't have any Hebrew or Jewish roots. They have no relatives. Uh, to make atonement with then that's when you give everything or make atonement to the priest or Hasim himself and then the nation of Israel verse 10 the Berg rock come is the uh, first fruits offering a Tamra is a one-tenth offering of the crops portion why is this important? Well, it's about giving to God what he has blessed us with in Jesus' name. Last page. Five more minutes. Verses one, 11 through 31. If a woman confess when suspected of an affair, although there was no evidence, she would be given a certificate of divorce and not punished and forced to go through this whole ceremony of courts in front of the priest and the nation of Israel. Since there was no evidence of a witness of the affair. Bitter waters ingested by a woman suspected of adultery would die a grotesque death. Hence the swelling of the belly and incontinence and distortation. Grotesque death is comically or repulsively an ugly distorted death. It's odd, it's unnatural, it's bizarre. This spiritual trial that takes place is discontinued or was discontinued by the Sanhedrin during the second temple area due to how far the nation of Israel had fallen and the Jewish nation had fallen spiritually from God. Amen. Well, children of God, um, I know we were having some connection issues and... <laughs> It's okay. I'm going to upload this. If it didn't stream, I'll go back and check. Um, but let's go ahead and end this with a prayer. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
We thank you for another wonderful day. We thank you for being with us and watching over us. We thank you for this Bible study, Lord. We thank you that you have given us your word to study. We pray um, that those who needed to receive this word receive it in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, for restoring us and making repentance possible, for making atonement possible, for making everything possible. You gave us our Jesus, and one day we're all going to be together with you again, Lord. You're so wonderful, glorious, kind, and loving, and we just thank you. As always, we pray for our President of the United States, all of his patriots worldwide, those who truly love the Lord, wherever you are in the body of Christ. May God continue to anoint you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, give you courage, give you discernment, give you honor, give you, show you glory, how you glorify the Lord. May God continue to bless you in the next 700 generations from your bloodline. We also pray for all the prophets, the other teachers, the other preachers, the Reverend praise groups, and the prayer warriors, the spirit, uh, the seers, and the healers. Wherever you are in the body of Christ, may God continue to be with you. May God continue to lead you. May God continue to guide you. May God continue to show His glory upon you and give you peace. Shalom. <laughs> we pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadesh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and amen. Well, till next time, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God. May God bless you. May God keep you. May we all be forever written in the book of life. Thank you.